It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. <laughs> hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. <laughs> Okay, thanks for being with us here today. That's right. Do it live. Doing it live today. Patrick Johnson, Philip the Rep Pilkington producing. Let's uh, shift to our stick to sports set. There we go. Do it live. Doing it live, Pilk. Um, great to have you with us. 94.3 The Game, the IBX media app, 94.3thegame.com, wherever you uh, consume this. If it's in a video podcast form, live video form, podcast audio form, we're everywhere. Uh, and uh, we've got a uh, HealthWise Pharmacy Houston huddle coming up. So looking forward to uh, hearing the comments of Coach Houston after uh, the loss to UTSA and uh, with Tulane on the clock, nationally ranked Green Wave coming to town. All right, uh, Pilk, there's there's controversy in Pirate Nation, and it's not what you think. Well, there's not really con- this is really the controversy. This is more confusion, I guess. What would you think it is, Pilk? If it's not what I think, it can't be around the football team. So, it does involve the football team. Oh, it does. Yes. Well, it means it must not involve the offense. It must involve a player potentially leaving or something. That would be a guess. No, no. no. If, if I knew that, I don't know if I would say anything at this juncture. But it involves the schedule makers. I'll explain. Yesterday it was announced that the FAU game is a 4 o'clock kick on November 11th. That's 4 in the afternoon from Boca Raton, Florida, where the Pirates played last year against USF and uh, looked very comfortable in that stadium, if you'll remember Pilkington. They hammered the Bulls a year ago. I thought I was watching a Conley football game when I saw Holton Aylers yeah. hit C.J. Johnson that many times. Exactly. But um, <laughs> they are going to be playing FAU in Boca Raton on the 11th, so a week from Saturday at 4 o'clock. Do you know what else is set right now for 4 o'clock? Uh, I'm going to say there might be a basketball game going on in right. Greenville right about that time. Right. ECU basketball scheduled to play Campbell. I'd say that's a, a fairly interesting game to uh, Pirate fans. Uh, I checked this today while talking to the great Cy Seymour. We probably should have gotten Cy on the show today, I think. But we're, we're going to have him on Monday. And uh, right now it has not changed. Now, I am sure that of all of the things that uh, the coaches have to do this week to get ready for the opener, dealing with this is not uh, probably on the top of the list, but uh, it is probably going to have to be, my guess, pushed up. I don't think pushed back. Because to push it back to give ample time for the bas- uh, for the football game to end, you'd almost have to play it after 8 o'clock, like 8.05 or 8.15, if you want it to be clean and have people you know, have plenty of time to get there and that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying, Pilk? After this past Saturday when it took us three hours to play three quarters, I definitely know what you're saying. Right, exactly. So my guess is it would get moved up 
to the neighborhood of somewhere between noon and one thirty. I don't know that for a fact. This is just just my educated guess. Uh, don't think they'd move it to Sunday at this juncture. I don't know what the Camel schedule is. Pirates play again uh, after that game on Wednesday the 15th, so I don't see that moving around too much. Uh, and and shortening the prep on that. So uh, I think, and, and that we had a lot of that last year with the schedule. So Mike uh, Swartz has had uh, the schedule kind of laid out, especially in the pre-conference part of it, sort of exactly like he wants to have it laid out. So uh, we'll we'll see what time it gets moved to. That's the big controversy, Pilk. What did you think of that? Was that was that controversial enough for everybody? I mean, I think it was, but you, I think the unfortunate <laughs> thing that we have to remember is we're dealing with a non-conference basketball game and a conference football game. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's kind of the junky overlay. No, no, that's just fine. Like, I, think, I think everybody's just waiting to see because there's confusion at this point. Will they be playing simultaneously? And yeah, I, I don't think that would that would not be the plan. I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. I think so. You, would, uh, you would try to have the events stand. And traditionally, that's kind of what they've done is the football game, if it were played earlier, the basketball would be moved to a little later, vice versa. Yeah. So, uh, well, well, I'm sure that'll get to that point. And again, I don't know what Campbell's schedule is. Uh, I'm assuming they probably have a Wednesday or Thursday game, so they probably don't want to move it to Sunday. I don't think that's – and again, this is just – I'm sort of spitballing here, if yes, you will. So I'm sort of thinking out loud. Campbell is at Virginia Tech Wednesday the 15th. So a Sunday so they game won't wouldn't want to move it to Sunday. Horrible, but yeah, it wouldn't be ideal. And uh, well, you know, it shortens the prep for both teams, and they don't they wouldn't want to do that. So yeah, of course. Now one of the things uh, I was I worried get, about moving forward yeah. is I've noticed we have a basketball game on uh-huh. Saturday. No, no, Sunday, March third at three o'clock. Well, obviously, we don't right. have the. the uh, baseball schedule yet but the, historically we play one o'clock baseball games i think that can on have sundays a, yeah well it's a road game for basketball so it i don't is. think that's a big uh, that's a good point a big deal yeah um, okay that's fair enough yeah yeah so i don't think that'll interfere with now our programming people will have to sort of figure out what to do that day because baseball is a big deal on this station Oh, you know, I misspoke. Um, the game that I'm worried about was the 2 o'clock game on February 18th against Tulane because I think that is opening okay. weekend for baseball. And historically, ECU is at home on opening weekend right. in baseball. Yep. yep. Yeah, and I think they will be this year based on what I've seen. So uh, that'll be just one of those days where you, you have something going on simultaneously. What do you think? Uh, I don't like it. I like to go to all ECU sporting events. You like to go to all the sporting events. I do. It is Halloween. Pilk, a good producer, would have Monster Mash going to break. I already uh, had it. Already had it queued up, Patrick. A good producer would have Thriller somewhere in the in the set list today. All righty. A good producer would have Ghostbusters somewhere in the. Uh, my personal favorite. A good producer would have the Monsters theme somewhere. Um. I'm more. I'm. I'm team monsters, not Tina. Team Adams family. I'm more team monsters than the Adams family. Um, Pilk, have you reached the juncture in your life where you uh, do not participate in the revelry of tonight in Greenville, or, or what's your what's your plan? 
Don't oh, be yeah. ashamed. Halloween is like totally not a thing for me right now. I'm too old to be partying downtown, and I'm too young okay. to have kids of my own to dress up and take trick-or-treating. Sure. So I'm in Absolutely. the halftime break for Halloween. I'm just uh, probably going to treat like an old you, you You've entered the phase where probably if you had a Halloween situation, it would have been a weekend party at a friend's. Exactly. And, you know, I have yes. done that in past years, but just with scheduling with football and stuff, that just didn't work out this year. So I asked Mike Houston last night on uh, Inside Pirate Athletics his favorite, you know, uh, kind of Halloween costume. He, he, I think it took him aback a little. He said a cowboy or something. I go dressed as a, um, I go dressed as a, a, a quarterback or something each year. I go recently kind of did Darth Maul, and he did a heck of a job with that costume. I don't know who did put he? it together. Yeah, that was like a year or two ago. What is that? I don't know what that is. It's uh, one of the bad guys from Star Wars, one of the prequels. Okay. Ah, okay. Okay. Um, so, Pilk, I assume no dressing up this year from you at all? No, not at all. I imagine little Pilk would dress as a sporting hero of some kind every year that's what i'm guessing yeah there's definitely a lot of sports uh themed okay yeah cam newton you, you put on a cam newton jersey at one point didn't you i mean i've worn one but i wouldn't say it's halloween I, by the time we got cam i was already 12 or 13 years old so uh, you were egging houses at that point yeah so, yeah now i did get to one time go as david ortiz in 2013 i was too old to trick or treat but we went to a halloween party while the world series was going on and there's nothing better uh. than going to a halloween party and watching the World Series and your team being in it. And uh, the ladies called Pilk Big Poppy. They Big did. Pilky is what they called him. Yeah. Um, but nothing as a kid that stands out, Pilk? Were you even a kid? I, I, I have my doubts. but Yeah, no, I did I did do Darth Vader one year. I liked Star Wars okay. a lot as a kid, so that was big. But was I, that the old plastic mask with the rubber band around the back yeah. uh, kind of mask? Or, yep, that's exactly yeah. what it was. And I did, um, I did do Steve Smith one year, had the helmet, shoulder pads, Okay. The jersey, all Lipping that. Lipping off at Dave Doran? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I always was, would kind of wait to the last minute because I can never really decide what I wanted. And use, usually most of my costumes were meh. You know, not great. Uh, but I did have, a, when I was really, really, really little, really, really little Superman, that was good. There you go. Everybody's got to be and, a superhero uh, or a villain at least yeah. once, right? And in college, I uh, dressed uh, as the Iron Sheik one year. Okay, there you go. I like that. Yeah, I had the curly-toed boots and everything. There you it go. Was, uh, it was good. There was a guy at, this was then when it was Players Club Apartments, um, and uh, he, South Park had kind of, you know, just come out and was catching on, and uh, he dressed as chef and was a spitting image and looked just like it was great. It was one of the great costumes ever. We, I think he and I had the hit. Costumes of the night. That guy, I think, also was in college for about twelve years. So was he'd been there probably, a while. By the so. time I get yes, well, the guy who played chef, he'd been in, he had been, uh, he'd been in college for a little. He'd been in college for a minute. So all the revelry tonight. That'll be fun. Uh, if we were uh, on top of an interactive show, we would, uh, we'd ask your, uh, you, you'd leave comments on uh, Twitter or something. But. I've been running around all day, and Pilk's been tracking uh, for us today all the uh, NFL trades. So we'll get into some of those. 
the uh, Halloween spectacular, spooktacular as it is, uh, here today. Uh, we're going to uh, come back with a pirate report. We're going to have our Houston huddle closer to the bottom of the hour. All of this still to come on the Patrick Johnson Show. Don't forget we have pirate football coming your way Saturday. We'll tell you about the airtime and uh, tell you a little bit about uh, what the Monday schedule, too, a week from last night will be for uh, our station next week. That's all ahead here on the Patrick Johnson Show. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. Big song in the 80s, Pilk, before you were even thought of. We'd have uh, roller skating uh, morning Saturday at the Galaxy of Sports, or somebody would have their uh, birthday party there, and we'd roller skate. I was a roller skating fool now as a kid, Pilk. I enjoyed roller, roller skating. skating. I went a lot in elementary school, Love middle it. school, then kind of grew out of it. Yeah. I got out of it before um, middle school. And a couple of the uh, girls would go from the middle school on uh, Friday nights there. I had all the boyfriends, apparently. That's one of my... It's a memory I have, and I had no part in it. I don't understand how I would. it would be a memory, but it was a memory nonetheless. All right, welcome in. Uh, Patrick Johnson here on uh, the Tuesday PJ Show. It is our Halloween Spooktacular. Uh, other than just playing a few songs and uh, reminiscing, that's about the extent of our Halloween uh, fun today. All right, uh, Pilk, let's uh, get ready, get it locked, get it loaded. Let's hit the Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All these anonymous text lines send me a picture of you roller skating. Well, if one existed, I would. I, I don't know if any exist. I'll tell you what I was on, Pilk. WITN used to have a show, Whitney the Hobo, and I was on that when they shot one at the uh, at the Galaxy of Sports on a Saturday and then played well, it back. How about that? You've never told me that. I've known you for three years, Patrick. I cannot believe you've never told yes. me that. I, well, it just popped in my mind. So I was on TV at a very young age, Pilk. I was, I was already a, a star was really born at that point. Whitney the Hobo at the Galaxy of Sports in Kinston. That's where I made my television debut. And I remember one time at Channel 9, I, they, uh, they uh, gave me a, uh, we were coming out of the old Plaza Mall, but it was the old Plaza Mall, and we, um, we gave them our New Year's resolution. Unlike the guy a couple of years ago who had a bad swear word written on his hat, I, I didn't. I was a kid. So I was on local TV, Pilk, as a young man. Whether you know it or not, that's that's what happened. Look at you. You had me beat by a few years. I think I was 17 before I was on TV the first time. Is that a mugshot situation, Pilk? Or no, was that... it was, uh, I think I've told you about it. It's the video of me screaming at the old lady at the Panthers, or where it looked like I was screaming at the old lady at the Panthers game. Mm. I think I've it's showed you that. Look, I Pilk. know I've showed Ben. I feel like you've seen it. You've not showed me that. I'll, I'll look forward to seeing it the next time I, I see you, because right. I want to see this. All right. Uh, hey, we got Alex Flynn today during uh, the, the press conference. How about that? That was big. He was great to talk to. Nice kid. Uh, very smart guy. And uh, we talked to him in the preseason. I found him delightful. Alex Flynn 
Coach Houston wants him to slide. He does not want to. So he says. Yeah, that's the thing about the slide is like I feel like you lose probably like four, three to four yards every time you slide. So um, I'm not, you know, I think we need those extra yards. So, uh, so I try to run if I can. I mean, that makes some sense rationally, but he also isn't going to be helpful if he hurts himself, right? Exactly. But, I mean, they do spot the ball where you start your slide. So if he can get good at diving and still avoiding contact, I mean, hey, why not? He's a smart just kid. Slide. He'll figure it out. Kid's going to med school. Just slide. He's smarter than the rest yeah. of us just bozos getting his MBA out here. This year, yeah, getting his MBA and would go to med school next year. As a year of eligibility, as we know. I think the offense uh, improved a lot last game, says Alex Flynn. I think we improved. I think that's um, it's a good thing. I think we, I think as an offense, I think together we improved. Um, so, um, you know, that's that's a good thing about it. You know, we didn't come out with you know the win, which is the ultimate goal. But um, I think as an offense, we did step up um, together. And uh, he said one of the reasons did Alex Flynn that the Pirate offense did the little things uh, or was so productive and, and look so good Saturdays because they did the little things better. I think we did have some stuff translate. Um, I think really from the the practice field to the game field, it comes down to the little things. And I think uh, in practice, we've been focusing a lot on little things. And, you know, in the game on Saturday, I think we um, did bring those. We executed better on the little things. So I think that made a difference. All right, and then uh, Flynn talked about the game that uh, Jalen Johnson had uh, the eight-catch performance. Yeah, Jalen had a great game. You know, um, he's one of our go-to guys, obviously, um, great player. Um, so, yeah, I think just, I guess, eight weeks into the season now, plus fall camp, um, I think just the extra, you know, time and, you know, working with him in the game plan, things like that, I think really helped. All right, and uh, scouting Tulane, the Tulane Green Wave defense. Really good on defense, um, like always. Um, I think they play well as a, as a unit. Um, we're going to have to execute, but, um, you know, there's you know big stage, big opportunity, so I think we're, we'll be ready to go. And uh, let's see here, one more, no, a couple more from Alex Flynn. Uh, what uh, looks different about Tulane from last season? They still do a lot of the, you know, drop eight, um, not rush as many, um, but they have with the new coordinator, I think they have mixed in some more man coverage, uh, a little more, a little bit more blitz. Um, so, you know, just, we'll be ready for all of it. And uh, Alex Flynn on uh, preparing the same every week. I mean, every week I've been preparing as like I was going to, um, you know, play the whole game. So um, I think me and Mason have both prepared, prepared that way. And, um, yeah, I think a full week of the preparation was good. Um, but, you know, like I said, it's, you know, you prepare as you're going to play. I think me, Mason, and Raheem even, we prepare like we're, you know, watch the film um, we all get reps with, you know, both groups um, out there with pretty much all the receivers, all the linemen, all the running backs. So, um, you know. Um, let's see here. Uh, Deontay Johnson now from the Pirate defense talked about the goal was to play and is always to play as hard as the Pirates can. It's still a game, so we still can go out there and play to the best of our ability. Our goal now is to just 
play as hard as you can and get all the positives you can moving forward. And just, I hate to say it like this, but mess up everybody else's season, you know what I mean? And uh, Deontay Johnson on uh, more excitement uh, around the locker room following uh, last week's game. The locker room uh, is a lot more excitement knowing that we doing stuff we should have been doing. We seen each other do like camp way back then. So it just, we're excited to see how we move forward with all the positives from the last game. And Deontay Johnson uh, talking about uh, Michael Pratt. And uh, he, of course, is the excellent Tulane quarterback. Last year, you know, was my first game back was against Tulane. I tweaked my knee again, so I really didn't play much that game. Then my freshman and sophomore year, I didn't really touch the field. A lot of people be forgetting that, like, this is really my first full season since I've been here. But, yeah, I like the challenges. He's a good quarterback. I want to see it. And uh, Deontay talking about working hard all year round for uh, 12 Saturdays, or in this season's case, 11 Saturdays on a Thursday. I work hard all year round for 12 opportunities. Like, I'll be a fool to go out there dead or just, like, flat. Like, this football, I've been taking this drink since I was a kid. So I've got there, get my best every time, no matter who in front of me. And uh, Deontay, when asked about going from a up-tempo team to a team that's a little slower paced. No, every week we prepare for tempo because we'll never know who might copycat from another team or if we know they're a tempo team, we definitely going to stress it during practice. So it's still the same approach. All right. Today's Pirate Report. We will be on the air at 1230 on Saturday from our Fort Game Day 2.2 location. Looking forward to uh, being alongside Terrence Comper, Joe Sampson, Stephen Igo, and uh, all the other fun that we have out there at the Tailgaters for the 3.30 kick on Saturday against Tulane. 2.30 airtime on the network, but we'll be right here on 94.3 The Game with the Bushlight Pirate Game Day Countdown beginning at 12.30 on Saturday. Right now, Philip the Ref Pilkington with a 94.3 The Game sports update. Then we'll get to... Uh, we will get to uh, our Houston huddle, but right now, a lot of NFL trades. Here's Pilk on that and more. Thanks, Patrick. Starting inside Pirate Athletics. Last night on Inside Pirate Athletics, Coach Houston gave his thoughts on players being able to be multi-sport athletes and how that helps. Best DBs I've had over the years, most of them play basketball. Gotcha. And, and they, they can track the ball and they can go get the ball. Um, I do think there's tons of carryover. I mean, I think... I, I get some of the specialization stuff, but I just I love guys that play multiple sports. The Pirates soccer season came to an end today as they fell to Charlotte 5 to nothing in the AAC tournament. The NFL trade deadline has passed, and there were a handful of trades today, but the no, most notable ones being the Vikings sent a sixth-round pick to the Cardinals for a seventh-round pick and quarterback Josh Dobbs. This comes off the heels of their starting quarterback, Kirk Cousins, tearing his ACL on Sunday over in the win over Green Bay. And the Commanders have dealt both of their leading pass rushers from the past few years as they have sent Montez Sweat to the Bears for a second-round pick and Chase Young to San Francisco for a third-round pick. Ten-time NBA All-Star James Harden is on his way to the Clippers. The 76ers sent him, P.J. Tucker, and Flip Pluskvev 
to the Clippers for Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nick Batoon, K.J. Martin. There's also a handful of picks that were part of that trade. Tonight is Game 4 of the World Series, and the Rangers tried to build on their 2-1 series lead over the Diamondbacks. They will send Andrew Heaney to the mound to face the Diamondbacks' Joe Multiply. And last night, the Canes extended their win streak to three games thanks to a 3-2 victory over Philly. Tavo Taravainen scored with just under four minutes remaining in the contest to give the Canes their first lead since the first period. They will be back in action on Thursday inside Madison Square Garden as they take on the Rangers. That'll do it for your 94-3 The Game Sports Flash update and Pirate Report. On the other side of this timeout, we will have our weekly visit with head coach Mike Houston on the Houston Huddle. We have you covered with all the ECU news and beyond that you need for the drive home. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, welcome back. This was another big one at the skating rink, Pilk, growing up. All right, uh, Houston Huddle, it's brought to you by Healthwise Pharmacy. Healthwise, a full-service pharmacy serving all of your healthcare needs, including retail prescriptions, medications, durable medical equipment, in-home infusions, as well as infusions in their infusion suite, located at 615B South Memorial Drive in Greenville. Uh, Pilk, we got uh, Coach Houston. He was on with us this morning, talk of the town. What did we ask Pilk? I, I Henry asked the question. I usually zone out when Henry talks. So that's fair. What was enough. the first question? Yeah, that's a good. That's a good trait. I know. Um, so what did uh, what did we what would you? I can't. Even, it seems like we opened with something that wasn't necessarily football related, but I don't think we're opening with that in this version of it. So what are we opening with, Pilk? Introduce it. Yeah. Well, Henry just kind of went over to coach and talked about the. Sorry about that. Did not pause my Ghostbusters thing there. Um, Got to pause the Ghostbusters. I know. You ain't afraid of no ghost. I know. I'm not. Bill Murray will save us. Um, but, uh, no, we just asked him about kind of the character of the team and how they fought hard through the uh, game and, and really played ah. with a lot of toughness this week, despite, you know, coming off that tough loss the previous week. All right. Hit it. Nah, I just, you know, one, we are very disappointed in the outcome, and we're very disappointed in our record, and it's not where any of us want it. But, uh, you know, what you saw Saturday from those those young men is from the character in our locker room. I mean, I, I just I am blessed to have incredible young men in our program. And they are, you know, they are disappointed, but they are very driven. And they take a lot of pride in how they represent our program. Uh, and I expect them to play with the same kind of fire and intensity this week. And, uh, you know, we you, you sit there and, and, and when you do play with that kind of effort, you know, now you're, you're, you're scrutinizing the one or two plays that kept you from, you know, beating a really, really good team, you know, on the road. Uh, but, you know, certainly we come away pleased with the fact that they, they poured their hearts into it. Well, um, we knew there was going to be a tough putt going down to UTSA. You got another tough one this week with a 7-1 and one, uh, two-lane team coming to town. But uh, the, the effort was there. And, and, you know, clearly the improvement in the offense – was palpable. Uh, we saw that particularly early in the game, um, and and then the defense had some had some misses that uh, that really uh, they haven't had in games before. Right. Was that schematic, or was that just something that UTSA was throwing at you guys that you hadn't seen? No, I mean we we'd seen it. I mean they, the the first uh, the first long run was just a, a standard counter play, and our our linebackers misfit it, 
and left a gap there. Now, now the thing, the thing that uh, you know, you know, UTSA has three dynamic, explosive running backs, and so Rocco Griffin, who I, I know very well, I mean, he he found the crease, and you know, sixty nine yards later, we got him on the ground. But you know, that's the thing about UTSA. When you made the mistake, they had the explosive playmakers to make you pay dearly. Um, you know, the 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 three. You know, three, four. Uh, you know, the naked was we didn't get it on the ground, but the, the the four explosive plays they had. Yes, it's because they have explosive playmakers, but we should have made those plays. The, they should not have been explosive plays, and that's that's where I'm disappointed in our execution defensively. We're talking uh, ECU football with uh, East Carolina head football coach Mike Houston here on our Houston Huddle Coach uh, Patrick here. As far as uh, the play of Alex Flynn, uh, you felt like he gave you the best chance to win that game. And uh, yep. what has he done maybe to differentiate himself uh, possibly uh, going into last week, but also possibly going into this two-lane game? Well, I think it's just decision-making and composure. Uh, I think those are the two biggest things. Um, I think the thing that he showed me this past weekend was honestly one thing I've been kind of critical of him uh, in the past, is he's shown me some some toughness and some resiliency and some leadership, uh, and those things don't come natural, you know, when you haven't played a lot. Uh, but I was very pleased with that. And I told him, and, you know, that's that that's what you know gives me the the you know the confidence that uh, you know he is going to be able to lead our offense is just the tenacity that he played with, and uh, you know anybody that watched the game saw it. I mean. You know, when there was, you know, and it's, you know, against SMU, I think he learned from that turnover. You know, he was trying right. to get that extra yardage on that on that third down against SMU late in the game and turn the ball over. But, you know, you saw Saturday, same situations, same kid, but much better ball security, and, and I think just a lot more physicality from him. Now, I don't – you know, you don't love your quarterback lowering his shoulder right. and trying to run over people, but at the at the end of the day, there there is a time and a place where you got to. Yeah, that seemed to kind of fire everybody up. Uh, the offensive line also uh, probably played one of their better games as a, as a unit collectively, and you, as a result, you got some uh, production on the ground. You also had Jalen Johnson uh, join Chase Soul and uh, being uh, one that was able to make some catches, multiple catches, and, and have a big afternoon. Well, I think our offensive line, and, and to be honest, I can't truly explain it. I thought they played with confidence. And, uh, you know, a week a week removed from playing with, I felt like, no confidence. And so, um, you know, against a, a very, very good front, I mean, uh, you know, the, the boundary rush in from UTSA is maybe as good as anybody in the league. And, uh you know, and he he had his plays. I mean, he made a couple of plays on the day, but I thought we battled him really, really good. And the interior tackles, I thought we battled. They won some of the matchups, but our guys, the, our guys just had a intensity about them and a competitiveness about them that you know they won some, we won some, and uh, so I think we should have a lot of confidence coming out of that performance with our front. Coach, how's the uh, how's the health of the team? There were some violent hits in that game. Boy, Josiah Hatfield took a took a shot to the head. I, I was really surprised to see him bounce right back up. That worried me a lot. And there was some, yeah, there was some nasty stuff going on. It looked like out there, that little quarterback from, uh, from UTSA headbutted one of our guys after, after he complained to the officials twice that he'd been targeted 
and they stopped the game to go look at it to say he wasn't targeted, then he clearly headbutted one of our guys, and I was trying to figure out why is that not being considered targeting? They should have thrown him out of the game for that. Well, I'll let you. I'll let you argue with the officials on that. <laughs> so, that one's that one's done and gone. So no point in, in, in debating it. But we have a very physical football team. We were playing a very physical football team. It was a very physical game. Um, you know, this point in the year, and people haven't paid a whole lot of attention. But we've, you know, we, we we're we've got some guys that aren't healthy and haven't played in a few weeks. And but uh, you know, our guys that uh, our guys that played on Saturday. Um, there may be one or two banged up, but uh, the bulk of them, they just got bumps and bruises, and it's part of the game, and yeah. uh, they'll be ready to go this Saturday. I forgot. You can get fined by talking about the officials, but I can't, so I'll do it for you. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's I'll talk. You, if, if, if you ever hear me vent about the officials, then it was real bad. So. <laughs> let's talk about Saturday. This is, uh, this is going to be a real challenge. Tulane, yeah. one of the best teams in the country coming in here, and uh, – our team's playing better. Uh, what is there any chance? What would give us the chance to win this football game? Because the Pirates are going to show up. We got a chance. I promise you. Um, and if anybody don't think that, then you might as well go on and do something else. But uh, I promise you, everybody in this building, you know, plans on going into this game and knocking them off in Daddy Ficklin Stadium. So it is a challenging matchup. Uh, they're a very good football team. We know them very, very well. Um, I've known Coach Fritz for a long time. I uh, respect him greatly. He's done a great job with that program there. Uh, Michael Pratt, this is our fourth year facing him, one of the top quarterbacks in the country. Um, you know, they have a veteran group, and they are very, very talented. No weaknesses on either side of the football, very solid on special teams. Um, and I can't wait to get out there and play Saturday. And our, ki- our kids can't either, I promise you. You ask any of our kids, uh, there is there is no doubt in their eye. They're excited about this matchup Saturday. Well, boy, that would really uh, that would really be a bright spot in what's been a, a, a tough season, no doubt about it. So, good luck with that, uh, Patrick. Yeah, uh, Coach. As far as uh, Tulane, as great as Pratt is with the deep ball, they want to run the football. Uh, they lost uh, yep. one of the great backs in college football last season, but they have not skipped a beat on the ground. No, I mean they have a veteran offensive line. You know, uh, three starters back from last year. Uh, they have a transfer, fifth-year senior from LSU at uh, left tackle. Uh, so they have a very strong offensive front. Uh, their tight ends are back. They do a great job of formation and running the football. Uh, Makai Hughes uh, has you know about 780 yards rushing on the year. He's doing a great job. The young kid Barnes has come on uh, as of late. Uh, you know they had a, a couple of older guys that you know struggled with some ball security stuff early in the season. So. They went with the young guy Barnes as the uh, guy rotating in with Hughes, uh, and they've really done a good job running the football. Pratt is a capable runner as well. I mean, he's got uh, about 300 yards rushing on the year, so uh, they want to run the football. They want to control the clock. And then, you know, the issue is you get so many guys committed to the run, and, uh, and, and Pratt is such a accurate deep ball thrower, that, uh, and he has great weapons out wide that they hurt you with the, the passes down the field. You know, the, the deep corner routes, the crossing routes, uh, you know, the, the post routes. And, uh, you know, so it's, we're going to have to play very disciplined in the secondary uh, and really do a great job with gap integrity up front. Coach, as you look at uh, this week, uh, 
good offensive production last week. Also got a pick six. Uh, how do you look to build on that uh, performance in San Antonio? Well, I think the big thing is just bringing that confidence from that performance offensively. Uh, you know, last Saturday into this week, and our, and the same determination. Uh, you know, we're facing a very good defense that they have not have not given up a lot of big plays. Uh, but, you know, we, we've got to approach the week with the same kind of preparation and determination that we did last week, knowing that we can play better than we did last week because, you know, you look at Alex, and he and I talked after the game. There's there's half a dozen decisions where if he can make improve on those decisions, it makes a drastic impact in the outcome of the game, and that's the pressure of playing quarterback. But he's motivated to do that, and you can the same thing across the board. Now, defensively, uh, you know, we're all kind of pissed off that, you know, you gave up the screen and go, you gave up the, the wheel route, you gave up the counter, you gave up the naked. They're all all plays we should make, we expect to make, we have made. Yeah, there's some new guys out there defensively that, you know, playing, you know, minutes for the first time, well, they got to grow up fast. But, uh, you know, that group on that side of the ball, they're motivated to uh, get back to playing, you know, more sound and making people work for stuff. So, I think you got a highly motivated team playing at home, uh, excited to uh, to get back out there and excited about the challenge. Well, it's going to be a beautiful Saturday, and uh, you know I hope we have a good crowd. I know the people, um, you know, a lot of folks won't come out when the team's not winning, but hey, well, there, there is nothing you know better what? than a Saturday afternoon in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in the fall. And here's the thing, I'll tell you, uh, you know, we take pride in in the passion of Pirate Nation. So we're playing at home in Daddy Ficklin Stadium. These kids are playing their ass off. So if you're a pirate, get your butt in the stands on Saturday. I totally agree. I totally agree. We need to support you guys through thick and thin. You know what it's like? You fair weather fans, they stay with you through thick. <laughs> we need to get well, them out a there. Bunch, there's a bunch of loyal pirates in this town. I know that. Yeah. I, I hear from them enough. I hear from them. I hear from them enough year round. There's loyal pirates yeah. in this town, so they, they're going to be there Saturday. And I. I do, I do appreciate that. I appreciate so much you guys. I appreciate our fan base. I appreciate, you know, so many of the donors that I talk to weekly that are, that are passionate about our young men and our program. So I just, I, I just think you don't miss a chance. You don't miss a chance to fill up Daddy Ficklin Stadium. Mike Houston and uh, today's Houston Huddle, and it is brought to you by HealthWise Pharmacy. And uh, HealthWise Pharmacy uh, presents uh, that. HealthWise Pharmacy, uh, go by and see them today. Uh, we appreciate uh, their sponsorship of our uh, Houston Huddle for you every uh, Tuesday. Okay, we're uh, taking a timeout. And we're going to uh, come back. Bill, uh, you're going to run through some NFL trades from today, some of the major ones, right? Yeah, we can talk about that for sure. Hear a little more Halloween and, uh, music. What is this? Uh, this is just some bed we have that I'm playing right now. It says H. Ween bed. But uh, we're going to come back, I think, with that Monsters you requested. Okay. Because this is weird. All it right. is. It's, it's is like what I got. It's a ripoff of parents can't understand. It's what exactly what it sounds, sounds like. A bad ripoff of parents just don't understand. All right. Uh, hey, if you're riding around out there, headed home, watch out for the kiddos. They're already out there trick-or-treating. And uh, we'll catch up... Uh, with the latest NFL traits, Pilk will run through some of those. And college football playoff standings announced. The inaugural standings. It's a made-for-TV event, but Pilk and I will run through our top six when we come back on The Patrick Johnson Show. 
And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Now you're talking, Pilk. Now you're talking. Uh, Halloween, and uh, it is the NFL trade deadline. It was at four this afternoon. Uh, Pilk, uh, the Commandos, the artists formerly known as the Redskins, were active in the trade market. Yeah, it's going to be a little different uh, now when you play them. You're not going to have to worry about uh, protecting your passer as much. They sent both Montez Sweat and Chase Young away. I was a little surprised. They only got a third-round pick for Chase Young. I know he's been you know, not healthy all the time, but um, still, I was a little surprised they didn't get a little more for him than a third-round pick. Uh, what else? Uh, the big one was, you know, obviously Kirk Cousins went down, and uh, the Vikings have picked up Josh Dobbs, who is the starter for most of the season so far for Arizona. Looks like he was going to uh-huh. lose that starting job now that Kyler is back. That is, if Kyler right. can practice and not sit around and play Call of Duty all the time like he likes to do. Sure. So, right. um, let's see what happens there. And then kind of the weird one that stuck out, not as big of a name trade, but Donovan Peoples-Jones from the... Uh, the receiver from the Browns went to the Lions, and the Lions already kind of stacked at receiver. They're not getting Jamison Williams as the ball as it is. He's on my fantasy team, and I've been very disappointed. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, the Browns have a solid receiving core, but I don't think they can just give up a guy, and they're still very much in the playoff hunt. So that was a little, uh, yeah. a little weird. It's unique. All right, let me ask you, the Panthers did nothing? Is that Brian Burns is still in yeah. Charlotte, far as we know? Didn't sell anybody. Okay. Well, you would have thought they would have been uh, sellers in the, but I mean, they've already traded away so much. Yeah, but you need some of those uh, but, picks back. Would be nice, but yeah, you're you right. do need they've to get given, some away DJ, given away DJ, given away CMC. Yeah. So, um, does this bode well for Ron Rivera? I don't think it does. Does it? Yeah, I don't know. It kind of sounds like they're clearing house. Usually, when you start yeah. to clear house, it means the coach is next. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. All right, uh, college football playoff is tonight. Who knew? And uh, this is a made-for-television event. Uh, we're about uh, maybe an hour, ten minutes away from it starting on the worldwide leader. You know, last yesterday, Pilk was the sports equinox. It's happened, I think, a couple times before. It's a little bit of a rarity, but do you know what the sports equinox is? Is that when football, basketball, baseball, and hockey are all being played on the same day? Correct. You had the World Series, which is now played later than later than ever. Monday Night Football, uh, which was the Lions and the Raiders, and uh, then you had NHL, the full NHL slate, and the full NBA slate last night. There you go. Sports Equinox. Yeah, happened yesterday. Halloween. What a weird, wild, wacky time between the Sports Equinox and this. All right. So tonight is the college football playoff. Uh, Pilk. Let's go six through one. Do you have it where you could do that? Give me your your uh, your six through one yeah, for I've, you if you were picking tonight. I've got Oregon at six. Actually, I, wait a minute. There's more drama if you do it the other way. All right. So do one through six. All right. I'm going to go <laughs> Georgia at one, Michigan okay. at two, Ohio okay. State at three, Washington okay. at four, Florida okay. State at five, and Oregon at Ooh. six. Oregon. Okay. One loss, Oregon, right? Yeah. No love for Texas? 
I love for Texas. They, the, I think their loss yeah. to Oklahoma is not as good as Oregon's loss to undefeated yeah. Washington. Yeah. That's kind of so. I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, I I have Michigan one in okay. mine. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Georgia then two, Washington three. Although I think Washington and Michigan are the two best. Uh, I'm going to go Florida State four, Ohio State five, and Oregon six. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I'm no. not a big Ohio State I'm fan not either, necessarily, but, but we'll see. But they are they're, they look they're winning, right? Yeah, all you can really do. So Patrick, while we've uh, got a little more time, I was going to ask you a trivia question. No. So oh, I can't the wait for first this. ever college football playoff rankings when they came out nine years ago. Uh-huh. Who was number one? And then my second trivia question for you is: Who was the only Group of Five team that was ranked in the top twenty-five? Ten years ago, nine years ago. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was fourteen. So that had been twenty fourteen. Well, now wait a minute. You think, or you sure. know, because okay, it pretty was sure. Was it Florida State? No. Okay, because they had come off the BCS. They were the last BCS champ. Was it? It had to be Alabama then. It was Mississippi State. Really. Dak Prescott and Mississippi State were the first ever number one in number the playoff. One in the college football that? playoff ranking. That's interesting. Okay, who was the group of five? The highest it was the Pirates. Five was it? Was the Pirates? Okay. Twenty three. It was the Pirates. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. There you go, Pilk. It's a good one. Yeah. It's a good piece of trivia there, Pilk. Thank you. Who would have known? Hale State and uh, in East Carolina. It'll be interesting to see tonight um, kind of where, uh, where where Air Force is and then who's the next closest to Air Force as far as, uh, you know, those other, uh, that New Year's Six spot goes, which would be if the Pac-12 implodes, which it has, right? Yeah. When they say the top six conferences, I, I assume that's the American and then one more for next year when they expand the playoff, right? Yeah, they haven't come out and said that. My guess is the Pac-12 would lose that spot and then no one would replace them. I guess it would just be the power four and then the best group of five. But I'm not sure how they're going to do it. Well, they, they just, what, I, what I have heard them say all along is the top six conferences. Yeah, but they may change so. that. Or just let well, Notre Dame uh, be one of the top six if they're good enough. I don't know. That might be what they end up doing, yes. Yeah. They may just decide to make the Irish uh, one of the top six. All right. Well, uh, big thanks to Coach Houston for being with us today and HealthWise Pharmacy for sponsoring that. Thanks to Philip the Ref Pilkington. Uh, as uh, we wish you a very happy Halloween. Be safe out there uh, if you're driving around, getting home. Watch out for the kiddos out there. If you're heading out tonight, watch out for them and Uh, If you're partaking, just do so responsibly uh, tonight. little public service announcement for you. Our Pirate Game Day countdown will start Saturday at 12.30. And uh, next Monday, we'll have ECU basketball at 6.30. That'll preempt inside Pirate Athletics. All right, back tomorrow. uh, We'll uh, hopefully be reconnecting with Doug Martin and uh, talking ball with Coach Martin on the Patrick Johnson Show.
pharmacy fumbling when it comes to customer service, prescription fills, compounding, medical equipment, and enteral interest.